0: learned a new term from another mentor and it's like fall forward like fall fast fall forward um we all make mistakes but just don't let it be a catalyst for like destruction where you just give up like don't give up just keep falling forward fall fast like take ownership and accountability all those things so you don't make those same mistakes again just keep moving and everybody is granted grace and it might not be with that one bridge or it might not be that one opportunity but the world is abundant there'll be more opportunities just don't give up.
1: Hi everyone welcome back to the Flavor of Fashion podcast I'm your host Belle and this week I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Dyer Design House Brittany Reiner. Brittany has several years of experience in product development, design, and marketing within the action sports industry. She's designed everything from snow gear to youth moto apparel for brands like Troy Lee Designs, 511 Tactical, and Serious Innovation. In 2020, Brittany launched her own business, Dyer Design House, which she rebranded earlier this year as a design and marketing consulting firm. So far, she's helped clients with everything from building their portfolios and websites to creating custom products using 3D printing, in addition to sourcing sustainable materials and ethical manufacturing. In this episode, we cover Brittany's passion for action sports and her experience in the industry, the brands she's worked for and the products she's created, how to fall forward and how to know when to leave a job and quit with dignity, as well as her advice on launching your own career and business. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Brittany, welcome to Hi. the Flavor of Fashion Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. It's nice to
1: get some social activity in <laughs> the, the day. <laughs> Definitely, Especially working from home or your own office. Yeah, it's it gets a little lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I'll have you introduce yourself to start off. I know that you are a fitum alumni as well, that you studied product development with an emphasis on technical design. And you're also from Southern California. So maybe just talk a little bit about yourself, your fitum background, and kind of starting your own business and your own pursuits. Yeah, that's that's a heavy,
0: heavy <laughs> <happy laughs> load to lift. <live. laughs> um Yeah. So my life within like fashion or active sports really started with FITM. Um, I'm not originally from SoCal. I moved in with my mom after my parents divorced and uh, finished like my senior year there and then started attending FITM. But um, my history had no involvement in the industry. Um, It was just a personal passion of mine. I loved snowboarding since I was little, but didn't really get enough of the activity in that I wanted uh you always have like the biggest goals and dreams you're like I want to be pro definitely wasn't the next female Sean White so I was like well what can I do that would still allow me to be a part of that culture and that life but not in an like athlete perspective or future so that's what inspired me about going to art school, and I actually wasn't considering FITM at first, but then through mutual friends and uh, families who have put their kids through that program, uh, really, like, uplifted it, which was crazy, because I almost went with the Art Institute, and the Art Institute ended up, like, not being an option. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't Um, exist anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, I know plenty of people that switched out of their program to go there and then they just got like screwed. So everything was in alignment, got out of plan, introduced me to the right people. And then I found FIDM. Um, and I just love doing products. And one of the approaches that I don't know that, like, I felt like was unique to me and maybe it's not as unique anymore, but when I was attending, we would have opportunities where like, this is your project, you're going to build a dress. And I'm like, but I don't like dresses. (laughs) So I really, every element of when I was going through school and where the instructors would allow me to push, I pushed for that active garment where I'm like, I want to do a snowboard jacket. And they're like, that's super technical. Why don't you chill out? And I'm like, no. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of what brought me into it and I just I've been relentless ever since that it's just the lifestyle I like and the um humor I'm more of like a dude bro girl so that like I don't know I naturally gravitate towards these like athletic uh ventures yeah so you moved to Montana like a couple years ago uh back in 2020 I was offered a position to kind of flex my design muscles, I'd been designing snowboard gloves and face protection and created a base layer line with the Cirrus group. And uh, I wanted to just kind of fly my wings a little bit more and design more things. And so I had an opportunity to work for two fitness celebrities, which should have been my first red flag. (laughs) But I was it was like COVID life is crazy let's mix it up. And then one of my uh, personal ambitions was to be on the mountain, be more connected with nature and the elements. Like I felt I had been for years designing stuff or working on projects that were part of that lifestyle, but that I didn't really get to fully involve myself in it. So I had always, I was born in Reno, Nevada, and I've always wanted to go like back to the mountain, back to the snow. I prefer the cold. I love my summer, but I really love winter. Uh, So it was based in Kalispell, Montana. And me and and my husband had the opportunity with COVID to work remotely. So we just said, we're going to do it. But uh, (laughs) Tim, my husband's really funny in the sense that he's like, well, when we move here, and if you don't like it, like if you don't like working for them, you're starting your own thing. Like it's like we're we like loved it here we had more ski days than we've had in the past like five years combined so that was like now this lifestyle play comes in and we just have to make it work so I ended up exiting and just trying to it was a a fumbling process in the beginning but it's exactly where like God wants me to be now so it's just been uh lots of uh, uh, kind of forced my hand into this market just to make our lifestyles work and then
1: pursue my individual passions too. Very cool. Very exciting that you can kind of make that transition too to put an emphasis on your lifestyle because quality of life especially as you get into like your mid to late 20s it's like okay what do I actually want and you know your job is a big portion of your life now and then it's like okay what do I want to do in my free time is this really where I want to be so that's awesome that you do that
0: that's what I felt being in San Diego where it's like okay well I want to I want to ski so I got to go to Big Bear okay so now you're going to sit in a car for two hours get up there then you're going to sit in like six hours of traffic and it like kind of sucks the life out of the sport and then it's overpopulated like Bear is great for a party scene for like it's kind of like people just let loose there's some really great riders but it's very competitive not so much exploring and um just a different style of riding it's not that it's bad it's just it wasn't worth the 6 hours of traffic for me so then i'm like okay well we're just not riding <laughs> we'll do like one trip a year and that that'll be it but health and and how you spend your time and your leisure time is so important and i just felt very limited i think i would love socal a lot more had i enjoyed surfing but i uh cannot do that i can do every single board sport except surfing surfing just equates to drowning for me so i, I invested in the wetsuit two different kinds of boards was ready and it just wasn't i just so i just didn't really get to i don't know like for some people i bet it's amazing but for me i was kind of like oh I'll
1: see you later <laughs> Yeah, I totally understand. I think that's a huge thing too. Um, I currently live in Nashville and me and my boyfriend moved here a couple of years ago. Um, I'm from San Diego originally and he's from Orange County we're living in Orange County. And yeah, population is a big thing. Like California is really overpopulated. You know, it was a little different when I was a kid, like 10, 15 years ago. And it was a great place to grow up, but it's kind of a difficult place to live now. Yeah. Especially if you don't enjoy the beach kind of activities.
0: There's nothing free. So it's like going yeah. out to dinner, which I love going out to dinner, but then it, you're just kind of on this hamster wheel where it's like, you're never, I was never investing in my business. I was too busy, like just constantly moving or escaping or whatever it may be. But that, that's the hardest part too. And it's like, oh, we'll pay your dues. Like you're supposed to work really hard. And I like was all about that life. And I'd work till two in the morning. I didn't care what Needed to be done. I was gonna get the work done, but I didn't feel like I was having a life outside of work. I never got that time to like recoup for me. Um, so that was something that uh, my husband's a little bit older, so he's like ten years seasoned in his career, and I and I was like in the beginning, and I'm like, sup, like I'm gonna go do this forever, and like I don't have any, like you don't really have a lot of autonomy when you first start getting into the industry. You're just learning. Um, So I worked really, really hard, didn't long hours, didn't care, like whatever project you want, every opportunity you don't really have um, just kind of flexing, flexing your muscles. So it was a huge learning curve. And I feel like I'm just now like being able to fully devote, like it's such a privilege that I'm getting to operate my own business right now, especially with all the fear of like the recession or whatever it may be that we've just structured it right that i i can do this and it's it's a personal passion for me so i'm always driven to show up and then i'm getting a great response from my customers and who i'm engaging with that i don't know i've just found like my little niche and my uh this need in the marketplace and i'm ready to serve and show up and i keep doing things i didn't expect <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah. I think just like putting yourself out there too. I saw like some different quotes on your Instagram or your LinkedIn page, like your dreams. And if you don't go after your dreams, like you're never going to get there and all you have to do is like take action. And I think that's very true. Like even just starting, I just started my podcast last fall and I've connected with so many people or reconnected with people just by like reaching out with a simple message. And I'm sure it's like similar with your business. You know, all you have to do is reach out to someone or tell people that you're offering services and people will come to you and be interested in working with you.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of the time people just get so overwhelmed and inundated by like all these things that you need to do when you just need to start, like just kind of, it's okay to fumble and like, and then you just show your authenticity where it's like, Hey, I haven't experienced this before, but let's work through this together. Like we can build this together uh, that has been like my saving grace. I'm like completely open book. So, and if there's things that like, I'm not the expert on, like, I could totally do that for you. Like that's the privilege of the education that Fitum gave me that I have so many different creative abilities, but that doesn't mean I'm the expert or the best person. And that's where you open up your networks of help. And I have no problem being like, Hey, like I can take your photo. I'm not going to take your photo because that's just not my strengths. But here's like, one of the main people, like I love um, Steph Fletcher, Uh, like she is phenomenal, or I think it's Fletcher, I'm gonna be so upset if I say her name incorrectly, because she is so rad, Fletcher, I always, I'm like, I want to say Fletcher, and I know it's not, and she's corrected me on it, but she's phenomenal, you would love talking to her, and she does great photography, look, whatever it may be, she's such a creative, uh, A-type, organized individual, and you just, point them to, you just share contacts, you share connections.
1: Yeah. I think also what you're saying about how you have like experience to pull from now. So you're able to have your own business and be your own boss. Um, and you're able to say no to opportunities. Cause one, I mean, I'm sure you can only take on so much as one person right now. And is it just you running your business at the moment?
0: Yeah. So there, I am gearing up to start with like moving towards staffing, but luckily my type of work there's just certain things like I'm implementing like a a greater like client vetting process so it's like I have availability but there is actually like an ideal mindset that I want for my my target audience and so building out those parameters so people who are ready to make that next step cuz my business platform is based on me creating something for you but if you're indecisive or Budgets haven't been determined. It sets up the framework of how I can design for you. And if we can't go past that stage, just kind of massaging it the right way, because we can definitely take on more clients. The more clients, the quicker I can start building out staffing and there are people I have in mind and I want to hire, but until like there's certain return on my investments and just security. I would hate to bring somebody on and be like, Hey, clients are slow. So go find a new job. Like I want to be regimented. And, uh, one of the companies that like inspired me to be this way is, um, one of my previous working experiences with Cirrus innovation. Like they are so meticulous and they are like strategies. Like they really think through that process. They're not just firing off shots, like there's a whole cadence to how they release a product, how they go to marketing, like what their business goals are years ahead. Um, So they've like inspired me to build out that framework for my business as well. But it it is, it's those those previous experiences help grant you discernment for your own journey and your own future.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you've picked up a lot of business skills through that as well. And just watching what other people are doing, like looking at these bigger retailers or brands and seeing how they do it and trying to implement that for your business as well. Yeah. So tell me about some of the products and services that you offer. I know it's a pretty wide range, but I'm also curious about, I know you've been doing like some 3D printing and I think that's really interesting. So curious about that.
0: So essentially, this is pretty much how I open it. Cause I've been attending like a, a lot more networking events and then realizing like the sales pitch is so important. And I definitely have not fine tuned that for my business, but I always break the ice by saying, what do you want? Because ultimately like I am a design and marketing consultant. I can help you grow your business Find avenues. Like we can either create something new in its entirety. Maybe you just have an idea or a vision, or you're an established brand. And you want to elevate your offering. You want to figure out the buckets or the holes within your product assortment and where we can frame that out and build something like that's lasting and has integrity. because that's my main thing is I love designing, but I'm not going to just design to clutter the world, like I really want to push forward like sustainable practices. So from my background, I'll even bring in words like, "Hey, uh, I did this youth moto collection, and uh, for motocross and dirt bikes and ATVs and motorsports, and they came in, and this was a personal passion of them that they wanted to educate safety towards um, the adolescents. But I took it another level where I was like, well, can we educate safety and also be good for the environment? Like find ways to implement where It's like, you know, we're going to like, what's your budget? Let's invest more into this materialization or your material story. So parents can feel good about what they're putting their kids into and their kids love wearing it. So it's like finding ways to elevate their story. Like, I feel like I am just, uh, I wrote it down even too, because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts thought leader. I like to think of myself as a thought leader because it's these ideas where, you know, collaboration is huge. Right now, like we've got, um, I'm still doing gloves, base layer, and face protection. So that's a big client for us. And then I'm doing another, like a website design where a woman approached me. She's worked with HGTV, food network, travel network, DIY network. Like she is top line executive producer, and she didn't have a portfolio. She spent 28 years in this industry just creating and creating and creating. And her stuff is immaculate. It's so awesome. And she wanted to find a way to represent herself. She now lives in the Valley too. And she wants to begin that marketing conversation and outreach. So I'm building her website and working together in a, as like a collaborative affair of what builds out her identity. And represents her work. So essentially, if it can be built on Photoshop and Illustrator, holler at your girl. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. Uh, and then I really love technical instructions. That's the, uh, we had previously kind of uh, talked about my FITUM degree and that it's the technical pattern drafting, but it made me like very meticulous in my tech pack organization. So this is now I build out the framework for these businesses. This is your new layout. These are your instructions. And when I sell my business to them, those are their instructions. They can, it can be the framework that builds it. So they have their own team and their own staffing, but they have the groundworks of what product development, technical design and overall ideation design looks like for them. Um, So a lot of what my business is just, it's, either elevating existing collections for established brands, or I'm building your frameworks for you to have a successful business and a great launch within your market of like your expertise. But we've been creating all over the place. Another client of ours uh, was more of a uniform basis. So she is uh, Dr. Aniko Loud. She's based in Scottsdale, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona would probably be a better uh, destination point. But She works with amazing people and she does this whole health wellness approach to um, dental medicine. So she wanted her clients come in and, and they spend a pretty penny to alleviate their suffering and enhance their like human experience. So we developed a custom client onboarding and offboarding package. So it had like custom packaging for their gift bags, their folders for their intake and their medical data custom USBs, because they get all their x-rays, and there's such an even flow of transparency, but she takes it to, like, another level, and we did, I was trying to see if I I had a bottle, but I didn't, (laughs) there's, like, we did insulated water bottles that are, like, hydro flask quality, keep your stuff cold for 12 hours, badass, custom logos, custom colorways, that we did and lasered, so this is where the laser printer and the 3D printer comes into play, where I really wanted to find a solution that was scalable for both those consumers, whether it's an industry that's already established or, and your brand already has a product offering to the startups. So I needed to find a way that the laser printer comes into play for my business where it's great for prototyping. Like if there's patches and stuff that to communicate with factories and overseas manufacturing to have that physical sample helps alleviate some of that lead time so that's really alleviated my customer in that regard or I've been hit up by factories being like this is too intricate we can't do it I'm like oh that's funny because here you go I just did it (laughs) but it was like I really I hate the word no so if there's a design vision and we're on board I'm gonna make it happen and I didn't care what I had to invest in to make that happen so that's where the laser printer kind of came into play and then it also meets the need for these startup companies where she only has one office and she only gets so many clients throughout the year. She doesn't need 2,500 units or something that's like more astronomical, like 10,000 units that some of my other clients do. So I wanted to find a solution that I can reach out to them and give them this fully customized solution. So we ended up sourcing these like sustainable bamboo uh, vitamin dispensers that were really great. It's like magnetic. So it feels very premium, super lush. And we, I used my personal laser printer to engrave her logo on all these items. So it was a way to work around it because the factory is like, Oh, we're not going to do this for you because we only want to do this if you buy a thousand units. Well, I don't want her to sit with a thousand vitamin dispensers and she might want to change it. You might want to change your logos. You just, when you're a startup, you don't want to be so, uh locked in and be so uh just vulnerable to storage issues to who knows there's just inventory is a huge concern for a lot of businesses so i'm kind of seeing what is areas of concern and how i can alleviate it to the best of my ability i learned that i will say i love glowforge it's awesome for prototyping it is not the best production grade item uh it each one of the vitamin dispensers took like six minutes to print and I invested it on the pro model. That's supposed to be the fastest yada, yada, yada. It is not like machine production grade. Uh, so it is very time consuming. So I have to consider that when I offer my services again, but for the most part, it gives you, um, depending on what it is and how you're compensated, you can produce so many things out of that laser printer and it's limitless, but reproducing, like replicating, does get really time consuming. So you want to kind of consider that before you buy one. I don't know if I would have invested to the model that I did
1: had I known this in like foresight. Does it give you, I know there's like obviously the materials and then your time to create the product that you're printing. Does it give you any, like how do you determine how to charge for like how long it takes to print?
0: So that's where you have to be very efficient. This is where like you have to put your different caps on, especially when you're operating as every individual in your business, where this is your production manager mindset. So you got to break it down. You got to confirm what the artwork is. um, And then you have to plug it because Glowforge, that's a separate software. So you need to have them estimate the time. You also need to calibrate the machine because they this isn't like hey this knows bamboo this knows blah, blah blah like you actually start you're a chef now you have to figure out your recipe it's a little bit of power it's a little bit of speed it's a little bit of like
1: we talked and fit them I, I i'm not exactly what did you study again i studied product development as well as okay. denim and business management
0: nice so pixels per inch yeah and in the that baseline um, So that's a factor in the machine. So you have to kind of start calibrating it and finessing your recipes. So that particular material plus your particular artwork equals this ideal result. So you have to kind of walk through that prototype, determine that, see how much time it takes. But in the reality is once it's set up, you break away and I go about my day regardless. But when I'm interchanging every six minutes, a hundred vitamin dispensers, that's where I'm like, I could really use an assistant. I want to, if I had more projects like that, I would hire that individual. And there's plenty of workers that would love just more constructural experience. So I have people in mind for that route, but I need more of those projects. Um, so it's, it's kind of just breaking down the, the timing and a lot of just thinking about margins, bringing in your marketing perspective. So it's it's very individualized. It's not something that it's like, oh, if it's in my laser, it's bloop. No. <laughs> so it's it's fine tuning a lot. Um, so I think that's the, I mean, that's the initial part of any business is figuring, you're figuring out your consumer, you're figuring out your services and your offerings, you're figuring out efficiencies, like, oh, maybe, you know, this was a great thing to see what I could do, but it's not actually like compensated with my time and what other items I can do. So it, it it's really, you have to weigh so many things. I've loved all the learning opportunities. It's been really great. And I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, but there's definitely things that like, I still learn on the job every day. And I'm I think, to be honest, 50 years down the road of my business, I'm still, I'm never going to stop learning. Like there's just so many different routes you can take. And once you put the right people into place and you can step away, you find something else to think about and to help grow your business.
1: Definitely. I think that's the most fun thing about like running your own business is just being able to learn or just like having a job where you can learn something every day. It keeps it interesting. Um, I also Mm -hmm. really like that you mentioned that you have like purpose to all your projects. You want to make sure that you're trying to incorporate sustainability and not only that, but, make it a product that people still want to wear because I think that's a whole new wave of sustainability that's starting Is like, okay, let's actually make things cute or like enjoyable to wear and comfortable instead of just being like, oh, let's make it eco- eco-friendly, but let's not think about the design process at all while doing so. And then it's, it becomes waste anyways because no one wants to use it or wear it. So yeah. friendliness
0: awesome. is, I really don't like, I force cast trends, I acknowledge trends, but I they're not in uh what's they're just not in alignment with sustainability. Like you either are going to go this route and understand the full impact of those decisions or you just keep creating
1: waste. Definitely. I think it's interesting to learn about and kind of look and see the direction the consumer is going or but oftentimes trends, you know, it's it's companies telling people what they want. It's not necessarily what people want. So I feel like there's a lot of different factors that can weigh into that. It's fun to forecast trends. It's fun to look at what's going on, but it's important to, like, consider other factors like sustainability as well, for sure. Well, that's even too, like,
0: oh, one of my previous work experience outside of Dyer they never had an established color palette. like That's like blows my mind. It was like, um, we're just gonna like huck these random ones. And like the merchandising aspect never was at the forefront of their mind. So like things were not cohesive when they would go into like advertising campaigns, you couldn't mix and match collections so that this was a life, a truly lifetime product. It was just these like rogue statement pieces And it just is not a cohesive there was no like overarching themes and so that is a huge point in sustainability and like thinking truly differently like this is the world is constantly moving and if we aren't thinking differently in ways that we can you know i've had plenty of businesses go i don't care about sustainability like they'll say i don't care about sustainability but it has to be made in the united states And those things factor your pricing. And you might care about this, but the mass majority does not like, we love to say we care about made in USA, but nobody's paying that price. Nobody's really like, there's just certain things. So it's the the ideology of the business, then being like, are they, can they be influenced? And what, like, what are their ethics? So that, that was like, to be honest, a conflict in my ethics is exactly what caused Dyer to even exist today was I'm like, Ooh, this is not an alignment. And I want to serve businesses and even products, like every product I made to be, I don't have children. Those are my children. (laughs) Like, I don't care if it was as little as a GoPro mount to a keychain to a water bottle, to like an athleisure set. Like I put so much of what I care about and my time, my energy, my resources into those items. And for them not to be in alignment with like my ethics is it, it's not, it didn't set, it didn't settle right with me. And that is a huge part of my vetting process. Now, like I do client screenings and stuff seems a little washy and, you know, that's not a route we want to go. Well, you know, there are uh, go to Vistaprint, <laughs> go to, go to Moo.com, go to, go to, uh, what is another one? Ink plus or what? I don't care. Like I really, <laughs> I know it's probably not the best approach. But like I don't care about your business, but I just, I want to be with like more thought leaders. And I would love to see me create a foundation for businesses or individuals to launch their ambitions that makes the world a better place. Those are like who I'm really trying to attract. And those are the ones who put the most effort in their lines too. Cause I found myself where it's like people want this like instant gratification. That's been my big biggest hurdle. Where they're like, okay, like I want this custom thing for pennies on the dollar and I want it tomorrow. I'm sorry. Like I can that's just not I'm like, we're making this is not only an investment of your monetary. From a b2b perspective but it's also your time and i'm not going to ever sign off on a product that you're paying for that you haven't signed off on that you haven't vetted that you don't agree with and a lot of people just kind of like want you to to take it from them but then they get dissatisfied down at the end of the road so it's like you have to be equally invested in this process especially from a startup if you haven't invested in customized products within your organization you have to be present or it's it's never going to embody the vision or you know some people they might not care and and they just want it to look good and they'll just sign the check but i have yet to find that person who really doesn't care and can just sign the check
1: yeah i think it's really cool that you are really particular about the customers you're working with or the clients you're working with um, and that you have like a value system that you base that off of which you know, as we talked about, not everybody has. So I think that's really cool. And just something that sets your business apart for like wanting to work with you. I'm also curious about some of the other brands that you've worked for. I don't know if you want to touch on any of them, but I'm yeah. specifically curious about Troy Lee Designs. My boyfriend's really into motocross. He used to be a stock car racer. So we watch it every weekend and we're going- Dallas to cross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to the Nashville one this year, which we're super excited about. But yeah, I'm curious, did you design like any kits, any riding? No, masks?
0: unfortunately that man, the man who's the myth, the legend is Maki. Maki is uh in charge of motorsports there and dude's just, he's awesome. And his story, like he'd be a great person to reach out to because Maki started off as just an intern with Troy, like doing whatever he can, and just had this personal passion for that sport. And then Troy is just such an like creative type came from, I believe, a family of like window painters. So he had this like kind of artistic backdrop, and he started like painting athletes helmets. And then that kind of it, it was a catalyst. And then when you meet people that are equally as passionate, and can give their time. I've been listening to this podcast about authentic networking. And one of it is like, there's a level of intimacy, which sounds like a very odd term, but it is true. And then there's generosity. And that was something that Maki delivered with Troy Lee on both sides where he was intimate. He had intimate knowledge of the industry and a personal passion. And then he devoted his time. Like he was ready and made himself like actively available as an intern and just as opportunities presented itself. We love to see people who have their passion and can deliver and create like to help usher somebody into that world. I I bet like that's got to be one of the greatest gifts of all time that Maki has granted Troy Lee. Um, I love Maki. I, I talk to him from time to time and we love to just talk about the like creative process and he's the one who inspired me a lot more to kind of take a hand rented, like hand drawn approach. Cause I always, ha- I hate my handwriting. I would not be a designer had there not been technology. Like I love tools. <laughs> and so he inspired me to kind of separate my, my ego and give that a chance. And it's opened so many different routes of how I've designed, even for gloves. And I don't, we just, the more you share and the more you can communicate and I went in with zero intentions other than like this dude is freaking sweet. And I just want to talk. I love design. Let's talk design. Um, so Maki did that. I was, when I worked at Troy, I was a design developer. So I was focusing more so on the PD side. Um, and I would dabble in the casual wear, did some stuff for like the team riders. Like I had to do the, fram and like just their sponsorships, like their shop kits before they moved over to Red Bull Gas Gas. Um, They were with KTM. So that's a whole different color palette process. And then I think I got to do some color ups on some beanies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I I had been working there and from, from a more PD perspective, I love design, but design is one of the hardest jobs to land Outside of your schooling, like once you're in it, you either know somebody who's already like knows about your creative capabilities and you get like kind of pushed in or whatever it may be. But it is so freaking hard and you get kind of like pigeonholed. So I got pigeonholed into PD. The only thing that I saw that as was like, what a valuable opportunity to learn how to build an instruction, how to figure out materialization. How do you organize your tech packs? Like what are hurdles that the factories are experiencing because the designs aren't, I don't want to say realistic enough, but they just haven't hit that level of communication so that it's actually achievable. So that helped me build out my framework to be a better designer. It necessarily, it wasn't making my heart sing. Like I was kind of like, oh, let's Organizing tech packs again, woo! (laughs) like you have those hurdles, but I started off in a PD perspective. I got my first job at 5.11 tactical and working as an intern, like a temp position. It was like ever outstanding, but temp means you're not getting benefits. You're not, there's, you don't get PT. There's just certain things. I'm like, well, I I want that. And I got kind of driven by my business brain. And I'm like, I gotta be an adult and take care of myself. And so they had, they had no openings on PD or we're looking for what every newcomer experiences, where's your 10 years of experience. Um, so I wasn't really able to push through that wall. And I found an opening on the merchandising department where you sat below at the time was David Hine. He was the VP and I sat underneath their professional products. So that's like law enforcement, military personnel, um, And that was like, we we split merchandising into two groups. So you had consumer goods and then you had like the uniform programs. And David Hines, also an amazing person to talk to. He's now, I believe, general manager of outdoor research. So he left Five Eleven and went out there um, to Seattle. And so I was working with him. It was super great, different kind of format, learning how to do PowerPoints and presentation, pulling together cross-functional teams, to share data, uh, what our assortments are, it created a different mindset for me. But again, I felt like it was really pulling me away from like the things that I love. I loved the team. I loved working there. I actually met my husband there, but we didn't meet right away. I worked there for two years. Before that happened or a little, almost two years. Uh, but I love the atmosphere and a lot of the people that work in that organization, I still talk to to this day. And, uh, but it wasn't, I didn't feel fulfilled. If anything, I'm not going to lie. I was coming home, like crying. And my Tim's like, why don't you find a new job? Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I did. And then it introduced Volcom and I got an opportunity to do Volcom. And then I went to TLD. So when I was at TLD, again, I was still only doing a uh, PD capacity and little sprinkles of design but I still kept my, like, ear to the ground of what design opportunities are out there. Like, I knew, like, if it could happen here, awesome. But I'm not going to, unfortunately, businesses have showed me that you got to take care of yourself. It's just, it's just messy. It's just business. So uh, I was keeping my ear to the ground and found a posting for an assistant designer position at Cirrus Innovation. And when I interviewed with them, I was already out of budget based on my PD career path. Um, It was not something that they wanted to pay for uh, because they just hadn't. They hadn't had to. And I was just going to be an assistant. If anything, it was like a takedown in responsibilities. So they offered me the position, but it came with a slight salary decrease But I felt that, you know, this was going to be the catapult. This was going to get me in the position that was more purpose-filled for me. And within a year of being there, I want to say almost less than a year, I went from assistant designer to lead designer. And just really like this, I knew it was my calling. I always believed there's no success without risk. So I decided to take that pay cut and just put 100% of my devotion into that and, we created awesome things together. I learned so much along the way, and eventually, I just got inspired that I wanted to create more things. and And then COVID impacted a lot of like my mental state of wanting to be more in nature and just more present in my own like athletic dreams. So that is that just kind of snowball effect, and now I'm in Montana. I love it. <laughs> Each one of them was really an opportunity to learn, uh, just keeping being cognizant of when it's like fulfilled what it serves you it has served me. Um, even when they're really difficult, even when it, I left with a lot of trauma, <laughs> it still is uh, a framework of how i am been able to build out my career or i watch other people build out their careers and it guides them and and they're flourishing and just not being so uh rigid or not malleable to the experience i think a lot of the times people kind of fight it and they're just like blocking the channel instead of just going with the flow and allowing like life to kind of move with you Uh, that has been it's really easy especially in a creative career to get discouraged And so that's really like uh, one of the questions that you proposed me with was like kind of like the values of my business. And I want to alleviate that discouragement and I want to alleviate it for other creative types and helping them build a network or helping showcase their capabilities. Ultimately, like I want to alleviate discouragement within design and marketing or whatever way, anything creatively that gets presented in the world to alleviate that person's discouragement and how they can achieve it.
1: That's awesome. I appreciate that value a lot. lot. Yeah, I definitely agree too that it's just like important to be a sponge and like try to absorb everything you can from each experience and opportunity, even if it can be a negative one, because you're going to learn something and come out of that with more knowledge on maybe how to not do that or have that happen later, or like things that you do not want to incorporate into your own business, like you've learned from your experiences. So that's a great way to look at it. And then yeah, also knowing when it's time to move on, but understanding there will be like challenges and things that come up in any job, especially working for yourself. So yeah. yeah. There's adversity
0: everywhere. And it's like just because you open your own business doesn't mean you don't like you have to implement yourself in this system because not only you're gonna have difficult coworkers, difficult projects. You can start your own business and you have difficult customers, difficult clients. Like difficulties are just a fundamental element of life and how we can kind of battle that adversity and create solutions is you're going to feel better about it in the process because you can't avoid it. It's not like there's no perfect job. There's no perfect business. There's I don't know. So I have been I've had lots of opportunities to like humble myself and how I can navigate creating a prosperous life for myself and feeling fulfillment and just what those goals may be. But there's definitely been a lot of um, hurdles. And like you're saying, like a majority of it, you get shown in these these circumstances what not to do. I learned so much about what not to do that's avoided, that's helped me avoid potential suffering uh, that I'm so grateful for. Like, yeah, I wish I would have preferred maybe not have that experience, but who knows down the road, like what I'm actually going to avoid because I did go through that time.
1: Yeah, um, something, I don't know if you had any of the same teachers at FINM. I can't remember exactly who said it, but I remember... One, it was probably a tech design teacher, but they were like, learn on someone else's dime because (laughs) that's so important. You know, you'll waste or you'll save yourself a lot of money and a lot of heartache and a lot of time working for someone else, seeing how other people do it, seeing what not to do um, so that one day, if you do want to do your own thing, that you have all that knowledge to pull from and like improve upon.
0: That's 100%. I. Like, I love that I have the opportunity to design that's not on my expense. Cause I will say, when, cause so I've actually, um, at the beginning of the year, we've changed my business name because what I initially set out to do was to make products and sell them myself. I love making products, but I love the chase of the design process so much more than. The full service, customer creation, delivery, experience, selling. I can sell anything. I don't want to sell things. <laughs> I like to work with people more. So I had originally started Dyer Apparel as apparel and accessories and products, and that was going to be my realm. Well, now I've changed our business name to Dyer Design House because I'm design consulting. I'm not really... uh I don't have an inventory of goods to put your stuff on. We're creating everything from scratch. Um, I'm offering marketing solutions. So I felt like it was a better description of what my business does. And in the beginning, like designing from somebody else's dime is so crucial in really seeing what you're capable of because you will not have that fear, like hindrance of what you can do because you aren't. Reliable for those products. You aren't reliable. You just get to endlessly create. And I think, to be honest, uh, there's some people who just have that like otherworldly creative ability and discernment and conviction of what their image is. I'm way too flexible. I still needed to like sort that out. I ended up when my business started off, like spending 14 grand on parts on getting molded trims getting all these things built up to do my own products i left 14 grand on the table essentially i have 14 grand to work with to build things and i'm like this isn't actually my calling and i had to allow myself to be flexible i could beat myself up over that investment or you know let's strategize a different way for us to use those items but my business and my calling and my profitability lives over here, so I've had to like separate myself from that identity and build a new. And I'm still using it. Like I bought fifteen hundred dollars worth of like leather skins from Montana Leather Company, and like drove all the way to Billings and hand picked them out and let go of that mission and and sometimes it's hard it's like oh but I've already I'm so invested in like people will continue to like double triple down it's like no I'm gonna cut my losses I'm gonna find a way to reposition these materials and work on things that better serve me and the lifestyle I want to live so that's that's really what's building out the framework of my business but I mean even I had to take the leather skins I created a little leather mouse pad with my logo on it <laughs> so i was like all right we're gonna we're going to decorate our office custom. Let's go. But I'm still butthurt about that 14 grand. Like, I'm not going to get that back. Like, molds are done. Like, materials has been spent. It's happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, It is, even though it was an expensive learning experience, it's a very good lesson to learn, though, and for, like, anyone, just, like, no matter how much time, no matter how much money you put into something, if you're really not passionate about it anymore and you've given it your all, you know, like it's okay to move on and cut your losses and figure out what you actually want and try something else. And also like, you know, as you've had many career experiences working at different companies and different kinds of jobs, like you learn different things from each job that you can incorporate into your business. But I think um, each one of those experiences kind of gets you closer to what you want because you also, like we're talking about, you learn what you don't want. I remember that was something my mom would tell me in college a lot is like, Just take any experience you can get because she was like all the internships I had before I started my career and like early career opportunities and jobs I had taught me for the most part what I didn't want. You know, just gets you closer to figuring out what it is that you're really passionate about. And a lot of people change careers um, multiple times, even if it's within the same industry. So like it's okay if you've been in product development or design for five years and you're just really not passionate about it anymore and you want to go into marketing or something else but um yeah I'm not trying to like force something that's not really worth yeah. it, that you're not passionate about anymore I
0: felt and I, like I still want to but now it's like like I got all these hat bases and you know I'm like you know what I want to I really want to be an educator like I want to help people to dream more I don't think we dream enough I think we think everything is unattainable there's so much work involved we can't do that there's no such thing as no there's no such thing as like I can't like let's figure it out and I want to help build people up so that they can create things too and create whatever their like what constitutes their life of happiness and so like with all these extra materials I'm like you know what? I'm gonna do like a summer school where you can learn like the, I have my Juki machine. I got my laser printer. Let's learn the essentials of these programs. And now you can go home and create things too and just open up my office and get to work with people, kind of build out that social interaction since I don't have my husband's like, bro, you don't ever stop talking. <laughs> so that, that'll help me too. But just being able to give back, and I, you can repurpose every experience, you can repurpose every material conceivable on this earth so just finding a way and being open-minded and it's it's crazy what people can come up with and what we can all create if we really just put our minds to it
1: so I know you opened or you have your own office now what's that experience been like kind of moving out of your house to work in your office getting that all set up and do you have any any advice for other people looking to do that
0: i love it i freaking hate working at home like i just i i really like your home is supposed to be your leisure activity and like i want work to be work and i don't want to I have a really bad problem with overworking. So this helps build that in where I can actually like mentally separate. Cause before I'd be like, oh, I can just jump on this. And it's like, my husband's trying to watch a movie with me. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. (laughs) Like that's, I found myself getting really wrapped up in that. Um, So having this own space and- I actually got way more real estate than I ever expected to have. Like I have my lobby, I have this office and then I have an additional office that's really just a dumping ground for boxes right now. And then I have my storage area that actually houses my laser printer and my sewing machine. So it I don't know, I just get to like spread out my ideas. I don't feel so confined, but when you do get your own office, a whole new set of like, fear kind of steps in and just doing things to like make yourself comfortable like get insurance get all the insurance you possibly can like just for peace of mind like nothing has happened but you just get this like fear thing i'm like well, what if i leave my laptop there and like oh, i need to get cameras i gotta i'm just like no get insurance like i'm gonna get cameras <laughs> i don't know why i said didn't get cameras but i lay in, lay, lay on the side of caution but it's It's been such a uh, empowering feeling. And having a professional image, having a place that's designated for your craft is so refreshing. And I don't even want to say refreshing, because I've never had like, this is my first experience of it. And it is otherworldly. I don't know how to describe it. It's something I wish everyone can experience because it's It's fun. It's your place. Like I always remember like being a kid and being like, this is your room, but you kind of feel like, oh, but my mom won't let me paint the walls black or this will one. And you always had like restrictions. I feel zero restrictions. Like this is what I want it to be. They understand that you're operating a business. You're going to tweak things. It's your space. You've invested in it. I don't know. It's just so. I feel enlightened, I guess. Like it's just whatever I want it to be. And I have a safe space for my clients to come into. And I just finished uh, building out like a coffee bar. Like I want like what that onboarding and like you start thinking in ways that you never thought you would think before because you have the real estate to do so. You have the flexibility and uh, I don't know. You just, it brightens your scope. You think more things are possible. So I, I, I've been super grateful for finding it and, Uh, I got discouraged for a while when I was pursuing an office space because real estate's a real issue in Montana. And so I would look online. They wanted stuff that's more than my mortgage. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like there's restrictions, but I've luckily been involving myself in like community outreach networking events. And so that's a great way because people always know somebody. it's like, Oh, I have this art loft that they would love to make money off of, or they have like, there's just those kind of opportunities. And for here, a lot of people that do have the real estate, they're like old timers. They're not posting online. They're not, they're not finding me as a consumer, as somebody that can actually rent from them. So I started going to that and just kind of asking around, like, what are you paying for rent? Like, what are you doing? And just, I I know it's like an uncomfortable conversation, but I wanted, I was like, demanding from the universe, my own space. And so luckily, uh, one of the women who operates Iconic Women's Collective, which is the like Kalispell-based women's entrepreneur group. And Kelly, she's actually three doors down from me. And she told me that this space was available and it was a little bit outside of what I wanted to pay. And at the time somebody was talking with me like, oh, I'll split it. And I thought, I'm like, wow, this will be great. This is totally doable uh, unfortunately they didn't want, like they decided not to, to split it, but I had structured myself enough and was really determined that I'm like, screw it. Like we're doing it. We're, I, I know I have a whole like room full of boxes I paid for, but it's my space. And now it's like, do I want it to be a studio? Do I want to like do a podcast room, whatever it may be? I have that real estate and once, you know, moving and investing in your own spot, takes a some chunk of change. So I'm chilling out for the moment, but there's something gonna be going on in that office space here pretty soon. But that that's pretty much the process. Just don't don't get discouraged. My advice would be don't get discouraged by the common mediums when you're not getting results. Like you're looking at apartments.com, you're looking at commercial leases, you've talked to realtors or whatever it may be, try to do some more in-person approaches. See if there's any like networking, business networking, creative networking, just show, bask around. Because um, I definitely would not have my office today had I not been attending in-person events that were localized and they actually had cognizant data of what we really do have or opportunities that are available. So that would be my, my word of advice. And if you're thinking about it, do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Just do it. It's it, there is some fear. I mean, it's an investment. like it there is that component of the equation, but it's so it's I love it. I just think it's so much more peaceful. I feel more optimized to take on new opportunities, build out experiences, take on that harder project because you can spread it out with like whatever it may be. But the opportunities are endless when you have a designated space
1: instead of cluttering your own home. So what advice do you have for somebody wanting to get into the fashion industry or action sports specifically for apparel design? So I love
0: FITM, but I feel like when I left fitem or whatever educational route, I'm sure everyone kind of experiences this there's so much within the industry and so many different avenues that you can go within a career path that it's like you're only getting the surface of the content of what they educate you on I remember getting out and being like why didn't they teach me this why didn't and I had all a million whys but you can fumble through it like don't be ashamed to ask questions um and if the environment you're in doesn't allow you to ask questions like they're doomed to fail anyways like don't even it's time to time to flex your muscles and find find something else like I think this generation or millennials or whatever you want to talk about like oh they're they're flighty like we quit and it's like no like if it's not in a some people do quit some people have commitment issues but uh there's so much Their world is abundant and I think people get fixated on the stigma if you jump you're never going to get that next job no if you work and you're passionate and you're determined and you're going to get that next job. Like, don't be discouraged because you're like, oh, I have to, I hate this job. They don't give me opportunities to learn. I don't get to ask questions. Fuck that job. Like, it's time to just jump and find somebody that's more in alignment and who's going to help you grow because every, you can only take so much negative what not to do before you're tainted and you're doing what not to do in your industry or in your career path. So, my biggest thing is. Like really dive into like, what are you passionate about? I love animals. I want to be like pro life, Wh- whatever the hell you think that is your calling. Mine was snow. I wanted to be a part of the snow. I wanted to be um, in some kind of designing capacity and building out products that are meant to last a lifetime. So that was like my set parameters and my scope of what companies stuck out to me. But I had no problem jumping ship if something wasn't like in alignment Um, because it is like you never notice like how long it takes to recondition or separate yourself from your experience to be at your maximum optimized potential to be a light in the world when you're so just burdened or um, just hurt you can feelings get hurt. Like everybody loves to say, oh, it's just business. And it's like to a degree it is, but we invest so much time and energy and emotions that it's hard not to like, sometimes like organizations, like the one I left when I came up here, it felt like a, like a relationship breakup. Like I broke up with my most toxic ex ever. (laughs) So, you know, don't be afraid to like, know you deserve better and seek it and network. Like, don't, don't sit there and be like, like Jesse is a prime example where most people didn't utilize him as a resource because it's like, oh, it's a librarian. Are you freaking kidding me? Like that guy adore, I adore Jesse. He is one of the only things that made me feel like him was truly a valuable experience to me. And that, and it's their librarian. I just feel like network, even with people like you don't have to make friends. You don't, like I went there and it's like, I wanted friends, but I wanted friends with substance. And you know, it's, we can all have fun, but I was like, I have plenty of fun friends. I have plenty of people I can go party with, or like I grew up in Las Vegas. I'll just go run to Vegas and have fun. But I want to, I had a business mindset and most of the people I left in my networks of help weren't students. They were instructors. They were people that stopped by for a presentation they were the librarians or like the staff. I would dive in if you're kind of in that realm of you pursued paying for your education. uh, Definitely network, network, network. And don't trust Infidum to use only their career networks. Go to your own things. Go to the Malachi Job Fair events. Go to LinkedIn events. Go, 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 go and talk to everybody because you'll be so surprised how small this world is and what a freaking vacuum especially once you select your niche in your industry everybody knows everybody somebody's gonna give you a chance just be tenacious don't give up and have faith it might not be in the timeline that we would prefer but it definitely is possible it's just it's anything is hard it's hard to be a doctor it's hard to be a nail tech it's hard to be a grocery bagger it's hard to be a youth group pastor it's hard Everything is hard. So figure out what you're passionate about so you can push through what is hard and feel purpose and drive and results and all the fun, ushy, gushy stuff. Uh, that's, I guess, my only advice for people <laughs> that are emerging is like, don't give up. And and if somebody's shitty, fuck them. <laughs>
1: 100% agree. Um, yeah. Like there's opportunity out there. You just got to be hungry and you got to go looking for it cuz no one's going to know that you exist if or what you're capable of if you don't show them and you don't reach out hungry
0: mouths don't get like fed you got to yeah. speak <laughs> the squeaky wheel that gets greased or whatever my parents I was always called the squeaky wheel so I don't have a problem with talking or saying something isn't working for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it you know when you quit do it with dignity that's my final thing cuz i think yeah. when i was younger and earlier in my career I may have reacted more emotionally and when I look back on it I wish I would have my mentor turned me on to a book called Dignity by Donna Hicks and she is I don't think this is her exact position but she's like a conflict resolutionist for like the United Nations it sounds like super intense she's like written for like published by Harvard, all these crazy things. I'm not the best reader, but it is such an easy read. But it talks about the premise of dignity. And I think when I look back, I wish there was moments that I definitely needed to leave that job, but I could have done it in a more dignified way. So have no regrets. Just (laughs) keep moving, but always act
1: with dignity. (laughs) Definitely. Try not to burn any bridges.
0: (laughs) Some of them, it's fine. Like, I don't know. It's hard because some of it is you're not not going to want to work with them. And then to be honest, if they, if they've roasted you that bad and you burnt that bridge to that degree, like you wouldn't want to work with anybody that does work with them. So I don't know. I've, I learned a new term from another mentor and it's like fall forward, like fall fast, fall forward. Um, we all make mistakes, but just don't let it be a catalyst for like destruction, where you just give up, like, don't give up, just keep falling forward, fall fast, like take ownership and accountability, all those things. So you don't make those same mistakes again, but just keep moving. And everybody is granted grace. And it might not be with that one bridge, or it might not be that one opportunity, but the world is abundant. There'll be
1: more opportunities. Just don't give up. Definitely. Yeah. Always have self-respect and there's nothing wrong with walking away. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I like the way you put that together better. (laughs) Any Montana recommendations? Any slopes? Any food spots? Any shopping? What Montana's would want me
0: to say is don't come here. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) They've had such an influx of people that they like the tourism, a lot of the locals are just over it, but it is such an amazing place. I absolutely love the state. I probably will honestly never leave. So hopefully Montana's doesn't listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> hopefully not. But
0: uh, the there's only so much here. So once you hit all the food spots, you've hit the food spots kind of things, but the nature, I mean, we got... Glacier National Park is phenomenal, such a great experience. The lakes, I mean, there's just so much to do here outdoors-wise. Food, the people are great. Just if you have a California license plate, like rip it off. I don't know, rent a car. <laughs> Those are like the small things, but it's a it's a great, great place. Uh great people. And I think to uh, more to stay tuned on that, because I, I want to offer uh, like a summer course where, you know, you pop in for three days, you can come in, we go on an adventure and and some educational experiences. So I, I'm building out some courses that I want to entice people for like a little weekend getaway and educational Montana
1: experience. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I love to hear more about that when you have it up and running. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, so um, how can listeners find you? Maybe plug your socials and then um, how can they work with you? Feel
0: free to jump into my website at www.dierdesignhouse.com and it's H-A-U-S. So it's like germanhouse.com. <laughs> and okay. then same thing for Instagram is the same Dire underscore design house. You can DM me, since it's a party of one, even though I can sub out work and have great vendors and stuff I lean on to help produce these results, um, being the one and only individual operating this stuff, you can DM me, you can reach out through the inquiry platform on my website. And yeah, those are, those are two easy access LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever Just say, hit, hit me
1: up, call your girl. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I'll put all your links in the description so that people can check those out if they're interested. Thank you so much to Brittany for joining me on this week's episode. I really enjoyed chatting with her about her career and the evolution of her business so far. I hope you learned a thing or two about the action sports realm in the fashion industry, as well as some tips on how to build your own career and business in fashion and design. Be sure to check out the show notes for all of Brittany's links, as well as the brands and recommendations that were mentioned in this episode. We have some other exciting episodes coming out this month related to athleisure and activewear brands, so be sure to stay tuned for those as well. You can follow Flavor of Fashion on Instagram at Flavor Fashion Podcast, and if you like this episode, please be sure to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. By the way, we're on Apple Podcasts now. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week for another taste of the world of fashion. Bye guys.